The best apology that you can give God after you sin, he told you to go left, you went right, so on, is not to hate yourself and then, you know, guilt trip into, you know, separating yourself from him altogether. No, it's to, you want to apologize to God? Move closer to him. Come back, get back up. Because he likes that. He likes when his children acknowledges the grace that he has over their lives. That's what God likes. That self-hatred is not going to win you righteous righteous points. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here you. on Church Boy uh, Confessions. Uh. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Board Confessions Podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Hecke. Welcome to episode 121. Hope you guys have had an amazing week leading up to this week. I'm very excited for this episode. Um, you know, a lot of people like myself, when I say a lot of people, most of the time I'm talking about myself because I'm God is working on me, right? Um, I feel like when we get to the topic of grace, there are some people that really appreciate us talking about this topic and then... If you're anything like me, in the past, whenever we would, you know, in church or Bible study, whatever, when we would start talking about grace, I would feel like it was just such a fundamental, basic, elementary concept that it was just like, all right, you know, I get it, you know what I'm saying? And I'd kind of zone out or maybe I'd skip, you know, or whatever it might be. And um, I, I, I felt it on my heart to talk about grace today because... I truly think that no matter where you are in your Christian walk, whether you consider yourself a mature Christian, a, a babe in Christ, you're a non-believer, whatever it might be, the concept understanding grace and constantly acknowledging grace is so important. And I think it's the most important thing, if not top three. Um, that we understand and continue to acknowledge as children of God. Before I get to that, man, you know, you guys heard about the announcement we made last week that we've officially started accepting audition entries for the Unassociated Poetry Jam 4. I'll tell you this, man, um, and you you know, you guys are going to hear more about it. I don't want to ramble too much about it today because you're going to hear a lot about it <laughs> leading up to the show. And the show is going to be in January. And let me tell you this, man, like, um, you know, if you've if you've ever seen this show, like, most people that seen the show, they go to UCLA, they live in Los Angeles because that's where the first three shows were. But for people who have never been to this show, you live in San Diego, you don't live in San Diego, you know, and you think that maybe you want to make a trip to San Diego, you will not regret it, man. Um, and I don't say that just because we put on a great show. But what I t when I tell you that the eight to 10 people that get on that stage, when you see eight to 10 people go up there and pronounce that I am unassociated with whatever they're unassociated with and then back it up with a beautiful spoken word, I tell you, God is in the presence of our poetry jams. Um, he chooses to be. Um, it is his poetry jam and every poetry jam that we do is an offering to him. Um, so if you want to be a part of that, you can send in the audition tapes. And like, if you really want to just use that space to glorify God, use that space to declare, you know, your identity or what is not a part of your identity in front of an audience or whatever it might be, take that space and be transparent and vulnerable. Then I, I definitely encourage you to audition. And, you know, we even had talks of, you know, people who are, our community is global. So, you know, we definitely would love to get participation from people who, you know, 
are not in the United States or not anywhere near San Diego that know that they can't make it. But like, you know, we might be able to do something with that as well. So, you know, if, if you feel moved to do that, you know, send something in. But I'm very excited, you know, as, as it comes up because it's in January. So we have some months. But, you know, as we get closer to that date, you'll hear more about it. And um, I'm, I'm so excited for that, for real. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that. But um, other than that, man, I'm ready to get to this topic of grace. <sighs> um, let's get to it. So, like I said, grace is like the elementary topic. It's the base level topic of Christianity. But I think it's the most important, if not one of the most important, if not the most important, excuse me, concept that we need to understand. All right. So I would say that there are two types of people in this world. There are people who are prideful and there are people who are self-loathing, self-hating. And I think that these two people exist because they don't understand or they continue to ignore or set aside the grace of God in their lives. They lose sight. Let's say that they lose sight of the grace of God in their life. And what I'm going to argue today, my point of this episode today is that it is so, so, so important for us to keep sight of the grace of God in our lives, because if we don't, we are at risk of falling into the temptation of pride and falling into the temptation of self-hatred. And we're going to break this down. But I need us like. I truly believe that every single Christian has. This is my belief that every single Christian has struggled with either being too prideful or being too self-hating. And I want to break it down before we talk about why we need to always be acknowledging God's grace, because I believe it's not just about acknowledging God's grace it's continually every day, every night, acknowledging God's grace. Before I get to, you know, why it can make you prideful or why it can make you self-hating, I think that um, I mean, ignoring it can make you prideful or ignoring it can make you self-hating. Um, I, I want to establish what grace is. And there's many different types of ways that people try to explain what grace is. And I think that the most straightforward, on-the-nail way to really define what God's grace is, is what we call unmerited favor. And key key word is unmerited there because it's not merit-based, or which is to say that it is undeserved. If there's one thing that you get out of this episode, understand what grace is. And grace is undeserved, unmerited favor. The reality of our situation, the reality of life, the, un- the, the history of the universe is that after Adam and Eve fell, that all of mankind have been on the pathway to destruction. And what God has done has made a way that we can have to join him with the eternal life to save us from the pathway we were already on. And his decision to do that did not come from him looking at us and saying, you know what? These people always do right. They don't deserve to go here. They don't deserve to go there. I know that God did not look at Emmanuel Heke's life and say that, you know what? I'm going to give him salvation because he did everything right. Because you and I both know that that's not the case. But God decided to send his only begotten son to die for us. So whosoever shall believe in him will have everlasting life. Not because we did everything right, but because... He loves us. It was not because we did anything. It's not because we earned anything. It's not because we deserved anything. It was of our no, none had nothing to do with anything that we did, any, any type of righteousness that we held. 
You are saved, you are sanctified, you are redeemed. Not because of anything you did, but because of everything that Jesus Christ did. All right? So here's the kicker. I understand, like, really take your time to understand and listen to this because, you know, I really want everybody to understand this. You're not, and this is where, you know, a lot of people, This I'm going to get into the topic of pride. You're not going to earn your way to heaven because you don't have premarital sex or because you don't smoke weed or whatever type of drugs or you don't get drunk abstaining refraining whatever i don't know (laughs) from doing those things is not what is getting you into heaven and for some people they 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 don't they didn't get that they didn't understand that part I mean, a lot of it, and it might be for many reasons. Maybe it's the way you were raised. Maybe it was the way your church taught you certain things. You didn't understand it. Maybe you just simply didn't understand it because it wasn't broken down to you. Like how it's been broken down to you, you know? Um, But I'm not saying you go do these things because it doesn't matter. You're going to go to heaven regardless. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that if you live a life and your focus is to, hey, I'm going to do A, B, and C. And I'm going to earn my way into heaven because I don't do all these different things that God doesn't want me to do. You've missed the point. Because you're not getting into heaven because you're not doing things. You're not getting into heaven because you're following all the rules. You're getting into heaven because of what Jesus did for you. Our focus is not supposed to be on following rules as much as it is focusing on Jesus. Because the following rules part, the following, that is not our focus as Christians. You see, that's how it used to be when we had the law of Moses and, and you know, you look at the Old Testament, you see all these laws and different stuff. That's what we call the law, right? Right? And then and, and you're supposed to follow the law to be seen as righteous, to be deemed righteous in some sort of way. But that's not how it is, as Jesus Christ has died for our sins. Romans chapter 7 talks about we are not under the law anymore. And and some people might think that, oh, does that mean I can do anything I want? No, because what happens is that when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you receive the Spirit. And as you receive the Spirit and you walk by the Spirit, you live by the Spirit, you allow the Spirit to indwell with you and unite with you and, and lead you. You are going to bear the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, um, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. I, I believe that's all of them. <laughs> I, I always suck at naming them. But but the good works part is a result of being saved. You don't do the good works in order to be saved, but some of us still don't understand it, right? So then we try to do things in order to win God's approval, in order to win access into heaven. And here's the problem with that, because you might think, okay, well, even if that's the case and I got it messed up, what's the problem with that? The fact that I want to do good things in order to get into heaven and earn my way into heaven, because you can't. Not only is it that it's impossible for you because you have already been born into sin. You've already sinned in your life. The Bible says all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? Already, right? Even if you made the decision today that you would never sin again in your in your life, well, who's going to pay for the sins that you did to this point? You're not sinless. But not only is it incorrect, right? Like how, not only is it that you can't do that. It's also disrespectful to God. You have to understand if you truly believe that you can be righteous enough to get into heaven, you're saying two things. One, you're saying that, Jesus, you didn't need to save me because I could save myself. 
And also what you're saying is that God's holiness and his holy standard is something that you can attain. Something that you can capture. Like God cannot revoke your heaven card because you did everything right and you are righteous enough to stand before God on your own accord. That is blasphemy. To think that means that we don't even understand what it what what the holiness of God is. And sometimes I'm even happy that we don't understand what it truly that we don't completely fathom the holiness of God, because how many of us could even get on our knees and talk to God if we truly saw his face? We would feel so dirty, even dirtier than we are right now. I probably I, I probably think that the guilt would swallow us whole. But there are some of us that we we focus on, I'm going to follow the rules. I'm going to do all of this stuff. I'm going to follow legalism. That's what it is. When you follow all these laws in order to please God. And that's what that's why we say it's different. We have a relationship. We don't have a religion because that's that's religion. You do all these rules in order to get salvation. You do all these rules in order to do the, be the righteous thing or, or to, to be pleasing in God's sight or whatever it might be. Well, I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 5 and I'm going to... Um, this is the homework for this episode. After you finish this episode, I want you to read Galatians 5 from beginning to end because there is so much. This It encapsulates so much of what I'm saying. So give you a little backstory on what we're about to read. It's going to talk about circumcision. And you might think, why is it talking about circumcision? What does it have to do with anything? Circumcision is very important or at least was very important in the Old Testament, because this was a, a sign of the covenant that God made with the children of Israel. If you were circumcised, this is what he ordered them to do. That showed that you were sanctified from the rest of the world. You were set apart from the rest of the world. You are God's child, right? Um, and it was a law as well. Like this was a law that needed to be followed. And it was a sign of righteousness. It was a sign of alignment with God. But here we see in Galatians chapter five, Paul writes, so in the verse two, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you tell, if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law. That's the key thing. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Now, be careful. This is not saying that, hey, God's saying anybody that's circumcised is not. No, no. This is why the backstory is so important. Because what he's saying, the real point of this is in verse 4. That people who are trying to be justified by following the law, you have got it messed up. People who are trying to consider themselves justified. Justifying yourself. Saying that your sins are forgiven, your sins are the past, and you are now a perfect human being. You are now a righteous human being. You you never sinned. Now you are worthy. You're doing all these works. So you deem yourself worthy enough to have a relationship with God by yourself without Jesus Christ. It's, he says in verse, in verse 3 that you are, I'm sorry, verse 4, that you are alienated from Christ. That you are alienated from Christ. 
that you have fallen away from grace. He said, if you're going to try and justify yourself and, and consider yourself righteous because you've done one thing, you followed, you followed the law in one way, then guess what? Now you are obligated to follow the entire law. And this really outlines how there are two pathways. And, and this is something that I would say that I came up with, where it's, it's, I feel like there's two pathways that we see to God in, in, in reality, I guess. It's either be sinless or believe in Jesus. Those are the two pathways. Be sinless or believe in Jesus. Be as holy as God or believe in Jesus. But none of us can be as holy as God. It's too late. None of us can be as holy as God. We, 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 you have to understand that. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't do it on your own. And you can't try to play both pathways at the same time. You can't try to focus on justifying yourself by the law. And then also justifying yourself by faith. No. When you're trying to be righteous by your works, you will be judged by your works. When you're trying to consider yourself righteous by your own works, you will be judged by your own works because everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone has sinned. And God is not trying to have you be righteous by your own works. He wants you to be righteous by your faith in him because he's paid for it all. We can't possibly obtain that holy standard by ourselves. We cannot. And the real problem with trying to, because you might, you might think, okay, what's the problem though? Like I'm trying to do all these good things because I want to be a good person. That's kind of the problem. You're doing all these, these things because you want to be a good person. A lot of us, we follow the law, not because we want to be closer to Jesus, but because we want to be seen as a good person. And then we've all met that one Christian that thinks that they are justified, that they are holier, that they are cleaner than you. Why? Because they follow the law. And you realize that this is why, this is at least one of the reasons why the Bible says we are not under the law anymore is because when we're under the law, those that are keeping the law more than others will now have a sense of pride and a moral superior superiority complex for other people. We are more righteous than them because we don't do as many bad things as them, or at least people don't see us doing as many bad things as them. How, how different is that from the Pharisees that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 6? Read about that. They would go and they would pray and they would fast, right? And praying and fasting is good, right? Jesus wants us to pray and fast, but they would go and do it out in the public. And they, you know, they, 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 when they were fasting, they would be like, oh, I'm so weak. I'm so, I'm fasting. You know what I'm saying? When they pray, they pray so loud. So then everybody can look at them and be like, wow, they're so holy, right? And then that's, that's pride in and of itself. There are some of us believers who are priding ourselves and seeing ourselves as morally superior to other people because we follow the law. But the reality is that we do not we are not justified by the law. And if you are trying to justify yourself and deem yourself righteous and worthy of God's presence and worthy to get into heaven by yourself, just by the things that you will do, you will miss heaven. 
Jesus Christ died for you because you would miss heaven if that was the case. So he made it. He made a way for you. It's not about following the law. It's about following Jesus and accepting the spirit and being led by the spirit and, and, and the goodness, our good character, the, the good behavior. That's the result of the relationship. But if you're just trying to follow the law, follow the law, follow the law, it's not, it's not, it won't take long before you just become a prideful jerk who thinks that they're morally superior than everyone else. And how does Emmanuel know that so well? Because I've been that person time and time again until I started to pray to God and ask God, hey, can you show me any way that I could be offending you? Show me any way that I could be missing the mark. And when I tell you that God, shoot. If I ever had an answered prayer, <laughs> I've had many answered prayers. I'm just saying, but like God answered that prayer and God has opened my eyes to how dirty I can be. And I don't think he's done it fully. I feel like if God showed us how the real, gra the gravity of our sin, man, we would all harm ourselves, man. But God just showed me a little bit and he showed me like, wow, like I am tripping on your own you can never be holy enough a lot of us you know we we, we try to justify ourselves by our works and we become prideful and the very thing that you thought was going to save you and justify you is the thing that's holding your hand and dragging you towards destruction i'm gonna move on to I'm move on to self-hate. This will be quicker. All right. Some of us, when we lose sight of God's grace, it causes us to hate ourselves. Let me tell you something about accepting the grace of God. Accepting the grace of God comes very unnatural because it's very humbling. You know, when you accept the grace of God, a part of that process is admitting that you are imperfect, admitting your flaws. And honestly, you're supposed to go from that to then understanding the grace of God, then being redeemed, and you feel better because you realize you are what you are by the grace of God, and God's going to continue to make you better. And you go on this process, you go on this walk with the Spirit, but some of us stop at the first step in admitting our faults and admitting our imperfection and our flaws, and we don't know how to get back up from that because we get so drowned and we get so in our head about, oh my gosh, my flaws, my flaws, my imperfection, my imperfections, and we start to hate ourselves. Because we forgot about grace. Right? But let me tell you something. When when God said that I'm going to send my only son in order to die for these people, he didn't be like, oh, wow, look at this sinless child. I'm going to give them what they deserve. No. He said, look at these sinners. As Romans chapter 5 verse 8 said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were low down, dirty sinners is when God loved us, is when God said that I'm going to pay the ultimate price for us. I just feel like when you understand what God did when you were worse and how much God loved you when you were worse, it starts to make that self-hatred evaporate, you know? Like I said, God's really been opening my eyes to myself and just, you know, I'm not going to lie, man. It's not pretty. 
not pretty, man, you know. And uh, I definitely have issues with pride. I definitely have issues with hypocrisy. And sometimes I get in my head like, dang, why did I make that stupid decision? You know what I'm saying? Like, you ever make those decisions where it's like, man, you look back at him just like, damn. Dang, my bad. Dang. You look back at those decisions and be like, dang. How? Why? What did the, what? What? No, I've been there. Um, but I'll say this, man. I'm gonna make a couple points here. When 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 we're in those self hatred, you know, positions, I think that a lot of us resort to creating space away from God and saying, like, you know what, let me just ba- take some steps back because I'm not worthy. But I'll tell you this: the best thing, the best apology, if you're gonna give any type of apology, of course, none of our apology necessarily, you know, are worth much, but in God's eyes, right? But if you're if you're going to apologize, right? Let it be that you don't leave him. Because some of us, we sin against God and we hate ourselves so much that we leave him. But how is that supposed to be an apology? The best apology that you can give God after you sin, he told you to go left, you went right, so on, is not to hate yourself and then, you know, guilt trip into, you know, separating yourself from him altogether. No, it's to, you want to apologize to God? Move closer to him. Come back. Get back up. Because he likes that. He likes when his children acknowledges the grace that he has over their lives. That's what God likes. That self-hatred is not going to win you righteous righteous points. And it really takes me to my second point. A lot of us, our self-hatred... At the beginning of this episode, I said that there were those, there were two kinds of people. There are the people who are, you know, they're prideful because they ignore grace. And then there's the people who are self-hating because they ignore grace. But I gen, I personally believe that these people are the same people. These people are the same people. Because if you believed that none of your works could get you into heaven, then I don't see how I don't see how you can run away from God after you fall. I, 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 don't, I don't think that that makes sense. You see, some of us is that it's the fact that we, 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 we valued, we prided ourselves on being the most holy. So then when we actually did something that wasn't holy, we think that we're, we have fallen from grace because we did something that wasn't holy. And don't get me wrong. You definitely shouldn't mock God. You know, you definitely shouldn't, you know what I'm saying, willfully continue in lifestyles that you know you're not supposed to be doing. But the thing is, like, some of us, we slip and we fall. And the reason why we slip and we fall is because we already had the idea that if we never fell, we would earn our way to heaven. But that was never the case. You see, the prideful person and the self-hating person both have this idea that if they work, 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 they can earn their way to heaven. The only difference between the two is that the prideful one sometimes actually succeeds in those works and in, in doing those works. And the self-hating one tends to struggle more in doing those works. Right. So one of them thinks very highly of themselves based on their works and the other one thinks very low of themselves based on their works. But at the end of the day, they're trying to justify themselves by their works. And the word of God says in Galatians chapter five, verse four, like I read, that you who are just who are trying to be justified by the law are being alienated, have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace, not because you made a mistake. 
but because you, somewhere in your head, you thought that you could be justified by yourself and doing everything right. That's not the gospel. Man. It's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. Man, um, I'll tell you, you know, when I got to my point of admitting my imperfection and admitting my flaws to God and really just accepting the fact that, wow, I've done a lot of sinful things, right? Because that's a process, part of the process, like I said, of, excuse me, it's part of the process of, you know, grace, right? accepting God's grace is admitting your faults, admitting your imperfections. I think what gets us back up and allows us to continue in that process of accepting grace is in my experience, I had to shift my mindset. There was a deconstruction. There was a breaking down. You know, God broke down the images in my mind of who I was because I place my identity in being the person that did it right. I place my identity in being the person that was holier than other people. I place my identity in being justified by my own works. I'm a good person because I'm not as bad as the next guy. But God broke that down. And showed me my own flaws. Not so then I can start to hate myself and run away from him. No. Because the breakdown is followed by the buildup where now he wants me to base my identity and confess, just like Apostle Paul said, that I am what I am today, a child of God with eternal life right ahead. Not because of my works, but because of the grace of God over my life. That's what God wants us to know. You are not a child of God today because you do everything right. You are a child of God today because you have faith in Jesus Christ and he did everything right. That's what it is. That's what it is. That's that's grace. The unmerited, undeserved favor. That's grace. To the prideful, it's time for you to acknowledge grace. To the self-hating, it's time for you to acknowledge grace. It's time for you to have trust in the Holy Spirit and be led by the Holy Spirit in the path that God wants you to walk down that will bear fruit. Galatians chapter 5, do not let it flop. Don't, don't let it flop. You have to read that after this episode. You have to read it through. Find the, the versions that, that will make the most sense to you as in like, you know, that's most simplistic, whatever it might be. Like, you have to read it. If you have any questions, talk to me. Sorry, I've been playing like with this thing the entire time. That's bad. Now you guys know I'm wearing basketball shorts. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, man. But yeah, talk to me. If you got any questions, let me know, man. Let me know. I love you guys for real. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this 
for this blessed time that you gave us. Just, you know, talk about grace, Father, and how, how love, loving you are. Father, you love us the same. When we fall, when we get back up, you love us the same, God. You decided that you loved us. You decided that you were going to die for us, even while we were yet sinners, Father God. And we give you all the praise. We give all the glory on and We thank you so much for being our Father. There's nothing in this universe that made you obliged, obligated to take care of us or to love us and none of that like that. Nah, but you do because that's who you are. And we give you praise and we give you honor for that, Lord. And let your name be glorified in our lives. Help us understand that and live a life of continually acknowledging your grace in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Father God, we will not take your grace for granted. Neither will we mock your grace, Father God. But Lord, we will yield to the spirit that you have put in us, your spirit that you have put in us, Father. And we will bear the fruits of the spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys. Hope you guys have an amazing week. Thanksgiving is around the corner. Make sure you guys are grateful out here. Um, but yeah, save me a plate too. That's coming up. I'm, I'm thinking about it already. I'm a foodie. You guys know. You guys know I like food. So yeah, I love you guys. Peace. Peace.